Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Not a betting man, but for those of you that are, there's betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Y'all know what time it is. Another episode of Believe in Kentucky, Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals alongside the NBA vet, the UK Athletics Hall of Famer, Double Zero himself, the analyst, the coach, look, he wears many hats. I'm talking about Tony Delk. What's up, TD? Man, nothing much, man. You know, another, another day on the right side. Um, getting ready to celebrate the 47th here on the 28th of this month. So, you know, it, it, it's coming It's coming quicker than I wanted to come. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, somebody asked me earlier today. It was like, you're going to be, uh, you got a birthday coming. I was like, I'm so busy that I almost, that I'm forgetting when my, my favorite day of the of the year is that's my birthday. What day is that? 28 January 28th, 1974. That's it, man. So you uh you feel 47? Man, you know what? I actually to be honest with you, the body is feeling better than it was last year. And the reason why it's feeling better than it did last year, because last year around this time, I was rehabbing. I tried to dunk the ball. And I strained my quad muscle. So I must have been out for probably about two months. And I do mean I was out two months. And about six weeks of that was doing rehab, trying to get back to walking. And uh, so going into this birthday, I was like, you know, with this New Year's, I didn't try to dunk this year. (laughs) (laughs) Wise decision. (laughs) Wise decision on my body. So, yeah, my body's feeling okay. Knock on wood. There you go. There you go. That's good, man. That's good. Well, man, we just jumping in here like we always do. We we got the, we got the cats struggling. We we got a lot of stuff popped off in the NBA right in the past few days. Um, got some 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 stuff from some fans that I gotta hit you with. Some some people that still remembering TD when he was in Lexington. So I gotta 
let you know what some of the people have been saying, some of the listeners have been saying. We got, we got all kind of fun stuff to hop into tonight, man. So wherever you want to jump into first, we can just jump on in. Let's make it happen, man. I'm all about, I'm all about, you know, definitely talking about, about our cats, man. And it's, it's not like we turned the corner. I just think, you know. It's 2021. People can acquire self-driving cars, eat burgers made out of plants, even fly to space in rocket ships if they have the money for it. So if you could do all this futuristic stuff today, the very least your phone could do is download entertainment in a flash. For that, you should get AT&T 5G. AT&T 5G is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Want to make sure your phone service keeps up with what you need from it? Get AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan or device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Freeze up. Uh-oh. Get TD back right quick. Atmosphere usually, you know, takes that game to a new a new height, a new level. And, uh, but, you know, just looking at how we played, I mean, we didn't play particularly well against Alabama. And when they have, when a team has really good guards and guards that can break our defense down, I'm seeing this where we really struggle at. And... With Alabama with the four out, spreading us out, we still got bigs on the floor. That's just and that's just not gonna this is not a good matchup at all. You know. Well well also, you know, I, I thought playing against Alabama would get us ready and prepared for this um for Auburn. I really did, just because of how badly they beat us off the bounce, you know, and we really struggled to guard, you know, Nate Oates offense and you know, Nate Oates has a really exciting brand of basketball. And when you can just put five guys out on the court and they could they could all put the ball on the floor, they all can make threes, they are really good passers, and they play fast, you know, play fast, play smart, but also make good decisions. So it's one thing for a team to play fast, but can you make good good decisions when the game is sped up? And I think with us, man, it just really, you know, you can't – you got to – you got to cut something off. You can't give them the drive. You can't give them the three. Um, and I just thought we just gave them everything they wanted. And then, like I said, it's a tough team to prepare for because when you have longer athletic guys that are used to or accustomed to guarding, you know, guys that don't put the ball on the floor, you know, it, it allows us to be in the paint where we can be in help position. But good teams and the way the game is right now, when you have fours and fives that can space the court, you have driving lane. There ain't no – you don't really see – shot blockers down there because if they guard in the five chances are he can pick and pop no and then we we talk about auburn and would it be the same kind of game as what kentucky played against alabama get down there and you know they shoot a bunch of threes they had just scored 90 points against alabama they scored about 80 against georgia i think the the game after that Mm-hmm. And then Auburn is stuck on two points Man. forever. Kentucky should be up 22 to two. And yet it's like two to two halfway through the first half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like I said, watching the first 10 minutes was like a struggle, man. It's, it's almost like, you know, unless you a real cat fan, you turn the TV. Cause I mean, it was, it was, it was bad, not really bad basketball, but it was guys that could make shots, you know, and if Kentucky could have made, Four or five field goals, you know, who knows where that game would have gone. Cause it was kind of like it's like a like a boxing match. Like who who who's gonna, 
you know, two guys danced around the ring. Nobody wants to punch each other. It's like, man, I don't want to get hit. You don't want to get hit. I don't want to get. But that's kind of how it was. It was like a first, the first six round, nobody was willing to take a punch. And, you know, looking at what Sharif Cooper had done in the, in the previous two games, you know, just watching him play, he has a great feel for the game. And what I mean by great feel is that he knows how to run a ball club. And you could just tell by his demeanor. No, he wasn't making a lot of shots, but he still conquered the game because he was able to play at a pace, but also the players around him, they trusted him. They knew exactly what he was good at. He demanded that, and he's demanded that since he's you know, been with them. And you know, and you could just tell by his first game when you really hadn't played, you know, with your guys in a game setting. I mean, it's, practice is different, but you know, your trust is gained at practice. Guys don't we, – we know who can play basketball at the end of the day. When they come in and say, hey, this guy's a top five player, and, you know, you'll know within two or three practices, or for some people, you'll know within an hour this dude is the real deal. And I think that's where Sharif Cooper at when it comes down to being able to run a ball club because if you have a, a really good point guard, he makes a game easy for everyone. And that's what he did. Although guys wasn't making shots, he was making, like, great passes to guys that were open. And at the end of the day, I'm like, man, he really knows how to break the defense down, but also he re- he makes really good passes to guys who can shoot. So it's 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 mind-boggling sometimes when you know you're recruiting guys and always I always say the most important position, especially in college basketball, is to have a guard that makes the game easy and is an extension of the coach. And he was he was making those anticipation passes before mm-hmm. stuff happened. You yeah. know, he was already two or three steps ahead. Little touch pass, alley-oops, little yeah. on-the-break stuff. And, you know, true freshman, that's his third college game ever. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 also, those are things that you you watch enough basketball to know. Certain things you can't teach. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. instinct to par, being a play ahead of everyone, um, you know, making good decisions uh, under under duress. Um, you know, he understands that, you know, because he actually, you know, led his team to a state championship and actually, you know, a national championship playing with Isaac Accord. So he's played with, with really good players, you know. So it's not like he see these college collegiate guys. It's like, man, you know, I see great talent around me. I've already played with great talent. I've already been able to lead a team to a championship against really good competition, and then he's always faced high-level competition. So the competition wasn't going to go – he wasn't going to be scared. You know, it's different when you might class up or reclass and you play against a guy that's two or three years older than you. You know what I'm saying? So your game is going to be a little different. You know, he's going to be a little stronger. He's going to understand, okay, the scouting report, we need to take this away from you. But when you've already faced great competition, now it's just a matter of me going out playing with confidence. And, th- and you can just see how well he handles the ball, that he plays with so much confidence. Like, he's not worried about somebody running up on him, trying to take the ball away from him. They respect him, you know. And and even somebody defending him, you can't really push up on him because he's so fast. You, you can't push up on him to try to steal the ball because he has it on the string. And he gets to the basket. He know how to draw and kick and throw a nice lob pass to the basket, as you just said. So he just makes the game easy. And I think that's where, you know, we talked about this in some earlier podcasts is that Kentucky didn't have that and haven't hasn't had that, you know, they didn't have it in the beginning. And when you don't have that that 
playmaker, that guy that can control tempo and run your ball club, you know, it showed because now everybody's struggling to score. That's what we've been seeing with Kentucky. You know, you know, they look good a couple games and then it's like, wow, you know, you thought they turned the corner, but you know, it's still a lot of work to do. Conference team, know your sets, know your plays, and they're kind of locked in a little bit more than non-conference teams. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you mentioned a lot of the guys last year. A lot of the, you know, a lot of Big Blue Nation is frustrated. You know, of course, you know, with them being four and eight and and hadn't seen this kind of stuff happen before. You get to last year and you don't get to see what they're going to do in the tournament with Ashton Hagens and Maxie and Nick Richards and all those guys. And then you flip on the TV and the NBA and you see quickly just tearing it up with the Knicks. I know. Maxie's already had like a 39 point game with Philly and these guys are, are really. Oh, he did? I didn't know that. Yeah. He, uh, a week or two ago, he had 39 for Philly. Uh, it was, it was some kind of historic stat. I don't know if it was 39 shots on 35 attempts without free throw, something like that. But he, he had a 39 point game for them the other day. And to see them doing their thing, and it's just like, what could have been if not for COVID, you know, busting up the tournament last year. Right. And it's funny you said it because I was so excited about that team, you know. And and here's the thing, like, you know, with Quickly and Max is that we had really good guard, really elite guard play. And Nick being a a veteran player, you know, uh, patrolling the paint and – you know, and, and EJ was long and athletic. You know, he gave you some length and athleticism down there. Then you had Hagen, another another guy that's a veteran player, could pressure the ball. But, you know, with Quickly and Maxie, that's just scoring. That's what we miss, man. When you when you look at our guard play is totally different from what we saw last year, what we've seen in the past. And, you know, some of that is, like I said, when you when you reclass, you, I always tell – I'd like to tell people, when you reclass, you only reclass when you like totally dominated your peers and it, it's easy. Now, if you look at like any money Bates, he fit, you know, he figured like Chet is the same way, two guys that are dominating and, and they giving it to you consistently. But when you're just okay to, to average, average to okay. And you can class, you can reclass because, okay, I can do it, you know, and now I'm going to be this, this player that's going to be a four-star, five-star but when you take that stage for Kentucky, man, you better know how to play basketball. Like there ain't no, we can't be second guessing when you come in and be like, ah, oh, I'm going to give you more time. This, this ain't the year, you know, cause what we saw that had just left us is now you hoping that what comes is either on that level or better. Nothing could be below that level. And when you start seeing this, like, man, you have really have to look at quickly Hagen's, and and uh, and Maxie just said, man, those guys really were good players, and we really didn't get a chance to see them perform in the NCAA tournament, which was like, you know, I felt bad for those guys because I really, really thought, you know, that would have been elite, uh, elite eight, final four team, and you know, a team that had a state hot, you know, could possibly cut down the nets because once you have really good guard play, you got a chance. Yeah, and like you said, and then you fast forward to this year again, and. You know, had a couple good games, but then it's back to the way it's been most of the year. And it's and that's struggling to score 60, 65 points, you know, 59 points again at Auburn. Yeah. And Auburn scored 45 in the second half after you, they had 21 the first half. They jump out and bust out and get 45 in the second half, a lot of turnovers. They started hitting some threes. But you got 59 for the entire game. They dropped 45 and a half. I mean, it's, you, you're not going to win many. 
No, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's it's also, you know, I always say great teams are able to separate, separate from their opponent at some point in time. And, of course, we're not there at being a great team. But, you know, you, you, you must – you, you must be able to knock down outside shots because eventually when you can't make outside shots, you're going to start seeing the, the, the court shrink and guys start missing a couple. Next thing you know, they're trying to drive to the basket. There ain't going to be no lanes, but you know, that's where, you know, when you look at, you know, our roster and you know, how many guys other than Allen, when the ball leaves his hand, you believe it's going in. Like Allen has a nice stroke. He is a shooter, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like where the game is at right now, you got to have at least four or five shooters on your team. You know, that's just when I'm recruiting guys, I'm not, it's great to have an athlete, you know, a guy that can run, jump, dunk and all that. But just when it comes to scoring, I, I would give up two athletes to get four shooters any day. Because I know with ball movement and player movement, those guys are going to stretch the court. And when they stretch the court, they make it threes. You know, we got a chance because one thing I know about, you know, guys that, they can't shoot. We just got to run back and guard the paint. They don't want to shoot the ball. And we know that. I can look in your eyes after you miss a couple of shots. You ain't trying to shoot. You, you scared. You nervous. You didn't miss a couple of shots. You, you know, you, you trigger, you trigger shot now. You, you, you try to pass the ball to the next player. You know, and that's what I was trying to tell, you know, my youth basketball team about you know, playing against a zone. I say a zone is effective when guys can't shoot and are afraid to shoot. But once you start shooting, knocking out shots, I say, what's going to happen? They're going to come out the zone at some point in time, you know, because now that zone defense ain't working. But if you're not making shots, and that's what Kentucky will probably see a lot of with them shading to maybe – they'll be shading towards uh, Allen. Yeah. And then inviting everyone else to shoot. Mm-hmm. Here's my question, man. You know, there was a big trade in the NBA. And James Harden, last year's leading scorer, goes to – Brooklyn plays playing right right alongside his former te- teammate at OKC. What do you think about that trade, James Harden going to Brooklyn? I mean, it, and, and he's what a, a big triple double in his first game when he got up there. His, uh, I mean, it, it was a good run in Houston, but to me, it kind of it, it ran its course. It was kind of time to <laughs> to move on. You know, you. You were a hamstring injury and 27 missed threes in a row from making it to the finals a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, could it have ended better? Probably so. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's a parting of ways. It kind of gets a little messy in the end, and, and it, it did get a little bit messy. Um, he's where he wants to be. He did what he had to do in his mind to get what he needed. Uh, I'm excited to see if Boogie and Wall can stay healthy. And I, I like Oladipo and Wall. If they can get some chemistry going too, I, I like that little, you know, backcourt going forward. Um, Want to see what happens when, when your boy Kyrie comes back in the mix. Hart, Hart and KD are looking good already. You know, Ky- Kyrie went AWOL for a minute. Now, when he comes back, what's going to yeah. happen? But that's that's kind of a big question. But Harden and, uh, and KD looked good the other day. I, I caught a little bit of that against Milwaukee. Right. And they were fine. But, you know, you bring you bring your homie Kyrie in there. Hey, man. Have. I, I really do think – I think KD went and played with the wrong friend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, 
hey, hey, you know, to to say to salvage a friendship, man, sometimes you gotta let people stay where you at and you gotta do your thing, they gotta do their thing. It's not always good to to uh to play with a teammate, to move in with a with a with a friend sometime because then you'd be like, man, you got some bad habits I don't like. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like that you do this right here. You know, you got some things, you start seeing more things about them. You know, when you friendship from a from a distance, it's totally the distant friendship is cool because even if I see you, it's gonna be for a couple of days. But when I have to see you every day, and I'm like, man, this dude might be moody, man. Why, why, why is he looking like this today? Why, why ain't he playing hard? You know, now you now you start questioning, be like, man, you ain't the goodest friend I thought you were. You know what I'm saying? And you never want to get to that point, you know, in a friendship. And it's just gonna really be interesting to see how. When they said three ball dominant guys, I, I I've never considered uh, KD to be ball dominant. Mm-hmm. I think Kyrie can be ball dominant. He can be selfish. James Harden because the system was built around him, he can be selfish. But he also wants to win now. Like like it's at a point in your life, and that you know it's not about money. You know he's made a lot of money. He's gonna make make some more money. He's in a position now where he want he want to create a legacy of of trying to be a champion because they just gonna look back and say man he was a really good score and that's all he did you know he's gonna put you in the mind of like a a dominique wilkins you know a a prolific score but never won a championship never never got close to winning a championship and i know james Harden, you know like like that's gonna hunt someone when yeah i can say i could stay with houston i could could have taken that hundred hundred and three million dollar extension been happy wrote it out and, you know, and I'd be like, man, I'm, I'd have made a lot of money. But, you know, the competitive side of you is like, I just don't like that. Like, I got to put myself in position to try to win a championship. And I think the best the best move for him was going back east. Cause I don't I look back at what Portland could have done, maybe trading um, C.J. McCollum for him and maybe another guy. I think that, that could have been a pretty good fit. Dame and um, Dame and James. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at what they had, the pieces they had, you know, I thought that would have been a good fit. But, you know, just seeing out him and KD, man, they, it, man, it, it looks good. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it don't look – put it like this, it don't look out of place. And I'm thinking when Kyrie comes back, it's, it's going to look out of place. It's, it's like a, a, a puzzle piece that don't fit, but you keep trying to put it in there. Be like, man, I know this puzzle piece go in there. I've been – this is my last this is my last two pieces. Why is this piece not going in? That's how – I'm going to look at Kyrie and we got to give it a couple of games and see who's going to be the point guard, who's going to be the facilitator, um, who's going to get jealous because it's, it's easy with two people taking a lot of shots. The third piece of that pie hmm, remains to be seen. I got to ask you, how did Harden drop all that weight? We saw him with the picture of him in Houston when and the jersey was, Puffed out, and now he's in Brooklyn, and he he pretty much looking thin again. And how did how he is, he, man? What what hey, he is? Hey, we 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 got to find out his, his weight loss plan, his workout plan. I mean, some happened. I'm just like, dude, yeah. where or you? You know what? He might have been wearing some up on his jersey, man. He wanted people. You know what? He wanted the people to be like, man, he looks so bad that we're gonna trade him. You know, he's 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 looking heavy right now. And I'm telling you, sometimes they scare people, man. You'd be like, man. Then all of a sudden, looking at, like it's like two different players. Like, what do he, what do he do in between getting traded to his first game? And I mean, it was like, like he had a twin. His twin, his twin got traded, and 
Another guy just went home and he was like, man, I'm just going to stay at the, at the crib and keep eating right now. But, but you know, but, but it tells you how talented he is. And as we look at this collegiate game and some of the, some of the really good teams out there, you know, it's, it's so much talent, but he has a real skill set and a great feel for the game. And you can just tell what I'm seeing now with KD. KD could have played, he could play with anyone, man. He, he's just that kind of player where he's not like LeBron, where LeBron is, he's ball dominant, but he knows how to still be effective and not really dominate the ball. And, and that's one of the reasons why Kyrie could play with him. James Harden could play with him. Steph and Clay could play with him. Mm-hmm. Russell could play with him. He might be one of the easiest guys to play, play with because he doesn't come down and he doesn't take 25, 30 shots. He's very efficient. And when you see that, it's just a matter of getting him, getting him, getting him shots, man. And he can do the rest. Mm-hmm. Speaking of efficient, I got to go back to the, to the cats for a minute because, you know, a, a lot of fans are, you know, Brandon Boston is kind of a, a hot topic because he's, he's seemingly mm-hmm. continuing to get a lot of run, mm-hmm. even though he was struggling as a freshman. For you listeners, y'all have been listening to the episode. You you spoke about your struggles as a true freshman coming in to Kentucky. You mentioned it last week when we had Goose Givens on. Uh, Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News said this a couple of weeks ago, but ain't nothing really changed. So I'll just kind of read the quote. He he said, uh, and I'll see what you think. He said Brandon Boston is kind of making the same mistakes. Either he's and he's either he's not paying attention in film session or he's not listening to the coaches. <laughs> a talented player, but he's and he's athletic, but he's not using that talent and athleticism efficiently. You know, I'm thinking. Um, I was trying to think it is, and you you can you can answer this: Is Keldon Johnson and BJ Boston are they games similar? Do you think? Like like, what's the difference in their games? If you had to con- watch the two, seeing Keldon play seen BJ play like what do you think is different about their games and I'm seeing how Kelvin is playing right now he, he played a lot a lot in the G League last year but just where he's at you know this year you can just tell he's playing with more confidence and you know I I, I want to say it's a system because you know coach Cal allows you to play now when you miss the shots missing threes you making bad passes I can't blame coach for that. That has nothing to do with coaching. Like, like that's, that's the, that's the personnel. That's the player himself doing that. So back to my question to you is, do you, what similarity do you see in those two players game? Mm, I, I mean, I, I think Kelton is more explosive than, than BJ and a little stronger. Okay. Um, and a little more consistent, you know, we we're not seeing what we thought we would see from BJ, you know, based on what he did in high school playing out there with good players in some, you know, pretty good competition for that level. Uh, and yeah, it is confidence. And, you know, you, you keep coming in, kind of bringing it in weak, getting it blocked, mm-hmm. not able to knock down open shots, just not able to do anything. You, I'm just wanting him to get something to build his confidence. We right. saw a couple of days, a couple of games ago, he got a couple of steals. Okay, cool. He he finished the game where he had no turnovers, only had one assist. But hey, that's that's a small victory. Just I'm just I'm just looking for little any little thing to kind of boost his confidence to to get him going because you hear guys. And I know you saw this in practice uh, where you would see guys struggling, but 
being in practice every day, you can see we're hearing another game or two, he's going to come out of this. He's going to break out of this. And I think it was Sar or, or Toppin or whatever. They, they talked about how hard he was working and it's coming for him. It's coming to what, like, based on what they were saying, maybe the dude's about to break out of this funk he's in. He's never been through this before. He don't, this is, it's I mean, he's dominated his whole right. life. And now he's been in a slump that he's never been in before. I, don't, I probably, I don't know if he's pressing too much. Is that what you might've did as a freshman? You try to do too much to get out of it instead of just relaxing right. and, and doing what you do. I, I, it's kind of hard to see where his head is at right now. I don't know. I, I think you bring up a good point just that, you know, it is, it, you are pressing, man. When you are a projected lottery pick mm-hmm. and your first couple games, you not you didn't play well. And it's like, man, what's up with BJ? You know, so now, you know, re- reporters, fans um we all start talking i mean you know we become talking heads now like dude i thought this dude was a five star i thought this dude was was that dude you know and when you're not getting that you know and and he hears it you know he 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 has a cell phone you know twitter instagram tiktok whatever he's on Mm -hmm. um you know you start seeing and it's like man maybe maybe i better cut my social media off Cause now, you know, instead of people praising me and loving me, and I tell you what, here's something else I was thinking about too. He's not getting the the, the real Kentucky love because of the pandemic. Like mm-hmm. really getting a chance to see how how much the fans love the Kentucky players. You know, the fans cheering for you. You know, even though you might be having a bad game, you know, you hear that twenty four thousand, you'd be like, man, I'm letting twenty four thousand down, mm-hmm. and that sometimes can get you going. But also, I just think he had really has to find a in-between game right now. You know, is watching him shoot shoot threes and struggling. And as you said, he's not really strong enough to get to the basket if there is some, you know, a body back there. Mm-hmm. So you really got to, you know, you got to look at your mid-range game. And what we know and how today's game is played, <laughs> shoot mid-range is just like, you know, that might get you taken out the game right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, coach, I just made a mid-range. Dude, we don't shoot mid-range shot. We shoot threes. <laughs> so, you know, but for him, I just think just seeing a couple of shots go down, will that give him more confidence? Will he take more shots? Because what's happening right now is teams are inviting him to shoot the ball. They're not the least bit scared or worried about B.J. Boston beating him from the three. If he beats me, I'm going to shake his hand out the game, say, hey, son, you did a, a phenomenal job. But if that's how you're going to lose a game with him making six, seven threes, I'm going to take my chances. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't know if he can get, you know, just, just some, something to spark him. Just a, a, a big play, a, a, I mean, a big shot, a, a clutch, something just in the flow to get him feeling like he's felt every time he's on the court for most of his life. I, I don't know. It's just. It's been such a struggle. And and him and Clark were those dudes that no doubt Cal and the staff were kind of leaning on to for the, the team to click like everybody expected it to. Uh, Clark has been hurt, and then he had to be moved to point guard when Askew was kind of struggling. So they were the two top-flight dudes coming in that this whole class was kind of built around. And this, you know, this, this hadn't, hadn't happened yet. You know what? It has changed, but I also think, like I said, there's so much. There, there's a lot more pressure on these guys when they come in, and you you see a class like like Hagen, quickly, Maxi, all those guys leave. You know what I'm saying? So you figure like we're we're the next the next group of guys. So it's 
But I think Clark is feeling it a little bit. I think I know BJ is feeling it. And you got to make a couple of field goals, you know. And I'm not talking about the, the dunks or the layups. You really need to see a couple of shots go through the net. Like, whether it's getting to the foul line, making a couple of free throws, making a mid-range shot, making an open three, just getting something where, man, that ball went through the net. But going back to you know what happened before you got there. You know the guys that are in the NBA. You know the guys that left and got picked. So when you come in, you be like, man, I'm about to be, I'm about to do like what, what quickly just did. I'm about to do what Maxi just did. You know, I'm about to be out of here. I'm about to come in. And just because you dominated high school, mm-hmm. in your mind, you probably think, because you know what? This this is how we think as as 18-year-old kids. Man, man, I'm about to kill it. Man, they can't guard me. Them dudes, man, I'm about to be the number, the number eight, ninth pick, or I'm about to be a first round draft pick. They can't guard me. And you get there, you'll be like, but see, here's the thing. Everybody know who you are. Like you ain't, you're not sneaking up on any opponent. We all know what you do well. We all saw you play on TV with Sierra Canyon. So we know you're you're a really good player. But now what's happened is is teams have figured this game out. So what I tell guys, I say every year, every summer, you got to add something else to your game. You don't want to be the same player to end the season. And what he has to do when his season ends is he has to live in the gym and put up a lot of shots. So this doesn't become an issue. This doesn't linger. This is, it, does, it can't be something to stop you from having an NBA, NBA career if you can't shoot the ball. Because if you can't shoot the ball – it's hard to play in the NBA right now. I hate to say it. If you're not a specialist at something, you better be elite rebounder, an unbelievable passer, uh, the best defender that we've ever seen on the wing. Like you got to be elite at something. But if you come in the league as an athlete and you can't shoot, you're going to be out the league probably by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you about the, Transfer that's coming in this uh, for next year as well. Already on campus, but for next year. But first, I got to talk about you know we talked about grilling on this show. You talked about how you had to get your grill game tight. I got to get mine back tight. But something we might consider slapping on that grill is Kansas City Stakes. With a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. The big games you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs. And the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save the $25 on combos. Perfect for game day. Plus get free shipping with code Believe B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef wellington, steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste, TD. Man, you know what, man? That sounds delicious. I'm I'm about, hey, I'm just getting ready to give you my address, man, and have you uh, have them ship me some my way. Got me drooling over here. I'm like, man, I'm about to get a steak, a a, 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 a T-bone or something, man. You know, hey, mm-hmm. you gotta, hey, I like my steak meeting meeting well, and that hey, them steaks sound like they they hit. They come summertime, man. You got to put a nice steak on the grill. That's it. And what I would do is I always try to uh, 
I use my different wood, so you know I'll use that mesquite wood on that uh or that hickory man on 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 that on that steak man to get that thing get that thing popping. So yeah, uh, when they when they get ready, you know, and they need an address for someone to to try one of them, one of them big steaks, man. Uh, I'll let you boy. Exactly, you already know KansasCitySteaks.com. The um the big transfer, man, Oscar Sheeway from West Virginia is transferring to Kentucky. He's already there and able to practice with the team, be able to play next year. So he's a lot different than the bigs we have because he is, you know, 6'9, 250, 260. Can he shoot? I don't I don't know about that. I know he's physical yeah. and huge and he's not slender like the dudes we have. So man, they could have left him uh, where you say he came from. West Virginia. Man, listen, we need some shooters. We we know we need no more no big projects. We don't need no big bodies, no, 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 no projects that we gotta that we gotta try to build them up and yes. you know start from the low block, shooting little shots off the glass and creeping them out to like eight feet, 14 feet. Man, no, dude, we need to go with some real shooters. Like sometimes you gotta let them big bodies go. The, game, the game don't have any more big bodies as far as I know. I mean, yeah, and big man- body, okay. Unless okay. that big body sets a really good screen, he can roll to the basket. And this is what I look at a big body for. A big body is good when a big body can get some rebounds, pass the ball out, and set a good screen. Nah, and get another rebound and pass it back out again. He should you know be yeah. So, <laughs> hey, I don't want to see no no Adonis. I don't want to see no no Hercules body. I don't, I do not care. We need to find out if he can shoot threes. <laughs> if he can, not know what it can't even be three. If he can shoot, period. Because you just ain't gonna dunk your way, you know. <laughs> we we can't we we don't have we don't, we don't need no more guys that can just dunk around the basket, man. Like no, dude. <laughs> he is um, he is raw for sure. So can yeah. we get some stat? How long, V? I'm I'm, the, I'm putting it right now. All right, this is what we gotta do. <laughs> we gotta bring up some stats on him, man. Yeah. And all, and his field goal percentage, because he probably done with, doing a lot of dunking, is probably gonna be in the 50s. I want to see his three-point percentage, man. That's what I'm saying. Has, has he taken in the three? Uh, and if he ain't taking no three, man, what is he gonna do down there for us? Besides get some rebound and get in foul trouble. Last year as a freshman, I think uh 11.2 points and nine rebounds last year, 55% from the field. This year, eight point five and seven point eight boards, fifty two. See, I had I hadn't heard you say anything about his three point percentage. I'm I'm waiting on that one. Uh, it's zeros on both. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Oh, man. No, man, we going. Hey, <laughs> he's not stretching the floor. So no. Hey man, so we going to get a player from the nineties, man, to play in the two thousand twenty one, huh? That's what we doing right now. Yes. We getting us a ninety a nineties bruiser. That's gonna play in 2021. Oh my God! You gotta be kidding me. That's that's what everybody is so upset about. We still, you know, everybody's where's Kenny Payne? And <laughs> where is Kenny Payne, man? Kenny Payne up in New York. He took quick. You know what, man? You know what? Was that a package deal? Did Kenny Payne take quickly with him? Because that's the only reason why. I'm, hey, man, we gotta get, we got we gotta get Payne back, man. Payne took he took took our player with him. He got what? He got how many? How many uh, Kentucky guys? Randall, Knox, Quigley. Oh, AP. Those are those are all guys. I think he probably recruited too. Knox and I and Randall. James Young, I think, is on the G League or two way or something. James Young was 
there for a minute. Scal was there and they released him. It was it was a lot of oh, was it? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so it was lots of UK guys, but yeah, that's um that's like the new team for UK because it's it's everybody's in New York. And right. is quickly right. killing it. The the big apple. I'll tell you what this other man, Julius Randle's having probably an all-star caliber year. And he, he's mm-hmm. you know what he's tough to guard. I was uh talking to someone today and I was just asking asking them about different line, you know, different matchups and um left-handed players, especially in the post because you don't play against them all the time are hard to defend. Like Zach Randolph was, was a tough, was a tough defend. And he wasn't so crazy athletic, but when you don't play him on a nightly basis, he was fundamentally sound. He had good moves around the basket, used his big body that, you know, you, you, you'll see certain players struggle with different guys, guys who are left-handed, you know, and I, and some, every once in a while, like, when I came across the Damon Stoudemire, you know, it was that was a tough guard for me. You know, sometimes left-handed players, because you don't see them that often. And as a right-handed player, we're we're taught kind of like to force that guy to his weak hand, which is left. So you've seen him go left, but not as fast. <laughs> yeah. So that's the difference, you know, when I look at a guy, you know, around the basket and, you know, just going back to, you know, post-game, what makes a really good post player is a guy that really understands you know, the angles, what he needs to do, what angle he needs to get at. And, but it, it's hard just to watch guys in today's game that can't shoot the ball. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like I have to, like, before I recruit you, you have to be able to make a shot. And I'm not talking about a layup or a dunk. I know you can do that. You've probably been doing that for years. So when that game slows down, we need you to make a shot from 14 to 18 feet out. You know, you've got to be able to make that shot. Yeah. And, and if not, then, you know, you don't recruit those kind of players. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, I just got to ask when I'm always asking about your, your Boston days. But when you got to Boston, double zero was not an option because the chief had it. So what did you do? He took my number, man. Come on, chief. What did you do? <laughs> Come on, chief. You know what I did? I'll tell you. because. <laughs> When you look up in the rafters, all the numbers are gone, all the really good numbers. And then the numbers that wasn't taken, my teammates had them. So mm. I was like, man, you know what? Let me get 28. 28 is my birthday. So I was like, you know, <laughs> you <go. laughs> I didn't have any It was like 28. Then the next year, I think I came back. Shimon Williams left, and I think he wore seven. Mm. So seven D. became Brown. my number. D. Brown's own number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, like the the cool numbers were already taken or had already been retired. You know, and that's the one thing about the Celtics uh, tradition is, I mean, it's 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 rich, really rich. And you, you and you see right now that um, the Lakers, are, you know, tie, are tied with them for 18, 18 championships. And I really do think that the Lakers, you know, barring no injuries, they're probably going to win it again. Because, like I said, LeBron is just – we haven't seen a player like him, you know, in, what, 18th year? Yeah. Just how he's still the best player in the world. And what he's done is he just made – kind of like what I said about uh, Kevin Durant. Like, he makes the game easy. And, and, and it's hard for me to understand, like, how Kyrie didn't want to keep playing with LeBron. Like, I mean, it's like, dude, 
I'd have been I'd have been that dude doorstep, man. You got to stay in Cleveland, man. Like you know, I, you know, because now I know with us together, we're gonna win a couple more championships, and that's where you got to set your ego aside. And I think sometimes players don't understand, you know, when you when you're with that great player, and I know if KD could do it all over again, you know, not to say that, you know, Golden State would they would be better, but still they would be missing Clayto, and but. Now you have, you know, a, you know, you lose Kevin Durant, you're losing a 30-plus plus point night score. It's hard to replace that. You know, like there's – I can replace like 10 and 12, but when you lose an elite player like Kevin Kevin Durant, there ain't no replacing him, man. I hate that, you know, and I know, you know, Bob Myers, when, you know, he signed him, he knew – sometimes you don't know what you're getting until you got it, until it's gone. And I think that's how what they're seeing right now with with, with KD and, and you know whether he wants to play recovery or not we don't we still I mean we know it now but I think if the I think if the argument had never taken place between Draymond and KD yeah. he probably would still be there now here's a, here's another thing in the back of his mind he never was going to be ahead of Steph I don't think so but that's okay I don't care mm-hmm. as long as I keep getting these finals. Getting these finals MVP, y'all can say what y'all want to say. No, I got my money, I have my rings, I keep getting these finals MVP. That's how you gotta, you know, your legacy will be even stronger. Your resume is even stronger. You know, it, let's say if he had to stay there, let's say he never get hurt, he stayed there another year or two, he mm-hmm. went forward and things. Now you gotta put him in the conversation. Mm-hmm. He's in the conversation, but you know, just winning two. It's like looking at college coaches. What college coaches can we say? We have a lot of good college coaches that have won one. But I always say great college coaches, they win two or three. You know, like like you look at them, you like you can get there and win one based on excuse another team just having, you know, just, just having a bad shooting night. But when you can get back there and you can win multiple titles, it, it, it speaks value for what kind of coach you. That's when you look at some of these great coaches and you'd be like, man, like Nick, prime example, Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. let's start there. I mean, what he does and how he's done it in the years he's done it and, you know, going undefeated, playing in the toughest conference. Yeah. So when you hit conference play, it's real. It's not like you playing your non-conference and you you got a weak conference like the like the I hate to say that, whack or the Pac-12. You know, conference that, that okay. You know what I'm saying? They might have one down the team. Like you got to get you got to go through the gauntlet in, in the SEC, and then you got to play that SEC championship game, which you know that's a hit or miss game. But just how how he's been able to be locked to get locked in as a coach, have his players be disciplined and understand the bigger picture. And it's hard, it's hard for younger generation to, to buy in, but he recruits kids to buy in. Cause if you can't buy in, it's not going to work anyway. Like you, like having, it's all about the culture, having a good attitude. But when guys don't buy in, you'll start seeing like, you know, those teams, they start failing. Yeah. And it's, he's been on that level for, he's been in Alabama for 15, 14 Hell many years, and it's still no no drop off. No man, it's at the peak, you know. And, and then you lose the Sarkeesian. It's like, man, why keep losing the offensive coordinators? There's a reason why they want them, you know. And even even taking 
my best coach away, that dude still win. Because sometimes when you go and when it's like you go and get the most important piece of what you think. But here's the, mo- the most important piece in that puzzle is Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have his brain. Like you can come get his defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, special team guy. Mm-hmm. You still ain't getting Nick. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like when I look at, you know, just, and I'm surprised they just, they, they had never given him a lifetime deal, which is not that big of a deal anyway. I mean, he's making a lot of money, but you know, you look at, you know, just passing, passing Bear Bryant. And uh, I mean, he, he's, that dude is special, man. He, he's done so much for Tuscaloosa and just, that city, that state, uh, and then, like I say, he gets guys to the next level. For sure, for sure. I got to read a couple of couple of comments from some fans, and and we had some some interaction from fans ever since we've been doing it. I mean, we had we had Jeff win the 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 giveaway, the contest, you know. When you first hosted, and and you know he won a bottle of, of Lorenzo's because he was the one to guess that it was going to be you that was hosting. So we had some fan interaction throughout. Uh, Patricia sent a message and said that Tony Doug is one of my favorites. She has a UK basketball that you sign, and you used the gold marker to sign it with. And after you signed the basketball, you went ahead and gave her the gold marker. She still got the <laughs> basketball and the marker that you signed. So she she Patricia still has not forgot that. So. Um, let's see. Josh Bogart sent me a message, and this dude is like an up and coming country artist in Nashville. He plays gigs in Nashville, plays gigs in Lexington. Josh Bogart and the Dirty South. He says he's from Spencer County, Kentucky, and you gave him uh your jersey in '96. He still got it. He just wanted to tell you that meant the world. He said that, um, he was wearing a hat that you liked and he gave you the hat after he got y'all's autograph. He was like in eighth grade. He said y'all was playing against his teachers and stuff out there at Spencer County. And y'all asked him to come out on the court and shoot a couple threes. Walter McCarty picked him up so he can dunk. <laughs> Memories that last a lifetime. He just wanted to say right. thank you and go big blue. So cool man, stuff, uh, man. Hey, I, hey, you know what? When you, you hear from fans, from back in the past, man, it, it feels good knowing that I wasn't a jerk, you know, because some people might think, man, you know, he didn't sign this, he didn't do this, he didn't give me this, because people, it might, it, it could be that one time where you didn't sign something, and all they remember is that he was a jerk, he didn't sign, he was a mean guy, you know what I'm saying, so I always kept that in the back of my mind when someone asked me to sign, like I made time, you know, unless I just really was forced to leave, but if I had time, I always sign autographs, you know, and probably throughout the state of Kentucky, I've probably signed thousands of, of, of hundreds of thousands. I feel like of autograph. I feel like everybody in Kentucky has my autograph. Like I've seen them. I come across them like, man, man, I gotta, but I don't mind doing it. You know, it's something that, you know, you have to love your fans and without your fans, you know, one, you know, no one is cheering for you. No one cares for you, but you know, Kentucky faithful are, you know, just special and dear to my heart because of how hard they cheer for all of us and past, previous, um, and current players. You know, the current players, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, they don't really get the feel that some of the guys got from last year. You know, just hearing that that 24,000 roar 
uh, having fans travel with you on the road, you know, uh, you know, just really missing, you know, that exciting part of basketball is just that I feel bad for, you know, just all collegiate students is that they're not really getting a, getting a chance to experience the real, the real effect of fans just being at the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the one thing I could, if I could change anything about this year, I would, I would love to see them, you know, have, you know, you know, not thousands of fans. I mean, fans that, you know, make sense, but also knowing that, you know, we can't put anyone's life at risk, but, you know, the kids are really just competing at the best they can, best level that they know how, and uh, doing that, you know, just without fans. That's it. Got a couple more quick questions for you, but first I got to go, we got to go ahead and get our, our plug in for our man, Dave and Ben. Lots of rain. Talk about getting a feel for something. Get a feel for those timepieces that they put on everybody's wrist. LaTerrain.com. And speaking of, uh, we said it last week with Goose. Dave is active on Twitter, and he is, you know, look, and y'all can follow Tony at TLW0. Follow me at Vinny Hardy, Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y. Dave listened to last week's episode, and he, <laughs> he tweeted at us and said that, you know, we got to do something nice. For Goose, he said, I heard y'all loud and clear. Gonna do something for nice, nice for Jack. And then he tweeted me a little later and said he's already got something shipped to Goose. So he didn't yes. already got on it, man. Yes, man. Hey, hey, Dave is a remarkable guy. Um, and we've been going back and forth here the last week. We're trying to we're trying to put a timepiece together uh for 25th uh anniversary of winning the championship, and then I'm looking at another watch that I like that I sent him a picture of. So we, we got some things, um, some things in the works. We got a watch in the works that I think everyone is going to, once they see it, they're going to be feeling they're going to be like, man, that's a nice time piece right there. But that's, but that's Dave. I think just having conversation with him and, you know, getting a feel for what I like and what I think someone my age would like, you know, I don't want to tell him I can't be, I can't be bling bling it, man. I'm too old for that. But uh, <laughs> but if you keep it real, if you keep it tight, it's classic. I mean, I'll wear it. You know what I'm saying? But if it got too many diamonds on, like he, he, he ain't got to the diamond watch yet. That, that, that's our goal is get Dave to the, not the diamond, the whole watch diamond, just a diamond bezel. I, I work for the diamond bezel. But no, Dave, I, I appreciate everything he's done for me. Everybody that wears his time, Pete, you know, you want a really clean watch, uh, someone who's passionate about what they're doing, their job, and, you know, just putting a putting a good piece out there that's, when you look at it, like I said, it goes with so many different outfits, and, you know, it's, it's business casual. That's what you want from a watch. Mm-hmm. That Rick Chris, that Voyager, all of the Tony Duck specials that are <laughs> out are on the way. LaTerrain.com, LaTerrain watches on Facebook. Definitely. Definitely check them out. We appreciate them sponsoring the Believe in Kentucky podcast. I also appreciate the Sea of Blue because every episode we record goes on their website as well. You mentioned the 24,000 in Rupp, and, and you also, when we had Cameron Mills on, you talked about how you guys just totally blocked the crowd out. Once you got in between the lines, y'all didn't hear anything. Say it was late in the game and, and it's tight, you down two, and, and you know, the crowd roars and you feed off the crowd energy did you notice that or did you even block out when the crowd was trying to wheel y'all to a victory Were you just so locked in you never heard anything i think i think i was a different dude man i think i i just got i got in such a zone that it really 
like I really almost didn't hear things. I'm like, man, I'm just so locked in. I'm, I'm playing basketball. I'm having fun. And and it wasn't to get distracted. Sometimes you kind of like looking around, you know, and I would look around and see fans and see people. But then as soon as that, that's when like maybe I'm sitting on the bench. I'm at the file. Somebody at the file line. I'm looking around. But for the most part, I always stay glued to the game. Mm. And they kept me, kept my eye on the bigger picture, you know, because like I said, your fans are going to be there after the game. But I never really, when I look back, I'm like, man, you know, that was a lot of people that he playing in front of. <laughs> and it's awfully loud in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how could you perform coming from the little small town of Brownsville when, you know, you're playing in front of, uh, in an arena that's, that quadruples your, you know, your, your population. But I would get locked in and, and I was just like really working on, you know, trying to be the best teammate. I could be reading situations, being able, being ready to shoot the ball, um, knowing, doing my job. I think that's what is most important is doing your job, knowing what your job is and trying to perform that job at, at the best of, best of your ability, but also knowing that, you know, you have you have good games, you have bad games, and just being a really good teammate. That's it. And the last little thing, uh, my man Jason Hazelrig, Jay Hayes, he hosts the co-host Rockin' Kentucky Blue podcast with Michelle Brown. I sent you what he sent me. I had never heard of it before. It's not quite sky's the limit like what we be talking about playing on here. Right. But Tony Dell got name dropped the other day, so I'm going to try this real quick <laughs> and see if it'll just pick up the part where you get name dropped in this some million-dollar mullet by Riff Raff and Yellow Wolf, and we'll just see if we can hit that real quick. Let everybody know that TD is getting name dropped. Leave it at the front desk. Shoot it like Tony Dell. Yeah, my girl. <laughs> Shoot a three like Tony Depp. Hey man, hey, 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 the Mullick man. I, I look back, I'm like, man, where is he from? Is, is he from Brownsville, Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man. I, hey, I could hey, I could not stop laughing. I was like, man, what is going on here? You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I appreciate the shout out though. <laughs> but hey, hey man. <laughs> they know your game. They knew they knew your game. They, Hey man, they did. <laughs> that was an accurate bar. That's all I'm saying. The bar was Good accurate, luck, man. Hey, hey, like I said, hey, hey, hey much love, man. I, I can't even. Wow, you know, I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm, I'm honored to in 2021 to be mentioned in in, in any song, you know. Yeah. So that, exactly. that's that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Hey, hey, hey write write some new uh, some more bars, man, and, and include me in them bars too. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And look, man, like <laughs> it, it just hit YouTube. I, I didn't Google uh, Riff Raff, but I looked at YouTube as when it was released last month. Like I said, already over a million people viewed that, TD. So I'm like, look, man, you didn't know man. about him, but a lot of people do. Wow. Well, I didn't. Like I said, hey, you introduced me to somebody who I didn't know. So I'm like, hey, I, I might become a fan, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to find, find out what his second hit is. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> shout I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you who's nice out of Louisville. Jack Harlow. Yeah. Like he he really flows flows like I'm like that dude is nice nice so mm -hmm. Jack Harlow is nice sure. so we gotta 
So so we got to start looking for some celebrity to get on. Hey, my my favorite one will be Maya. That's what you need to find Maya. Okay, find her. You yeah. make me happy. The, the Maya Maya from from back in the day, Maya. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> get her on here for sure. Be like, so, oh yeah. man, like like yeah, you're, and we got to we got to find some people, man. So just follow her career. I'm like, man, that's I love some Maya, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, just on the music side, just really having like a lot of good artists. But like, you know, I it, it took me a little while to get used to today's music when I listen listen to Lil Baby, Da Baby, uh, mm-hmm. some of these some of these newer artists. But they have some they have some interesting music, and it's kind of taken taken when I go back to the '90s when I became a a huge NWA, uh, Tupac was a fan of Snoop, uh, Ice Cube. It was just like, so now I look at today's today's music, I'm like, man, I'm still kind of like, I like it. It's different, but it's, it's, you know, I think every decade music usually change. And we've kind of seen a change from 90s, 2000, 2010, and now, you know, just listening to what's going on now in a new decade. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, when you're, when you're a classic, now I'm gonna tell you what I do like still like me some Frank Sinatra. You know, every once in a while, okay, I gotta, gotta go with those blue eyes, man. Yeah. You can't can't go wrong there. Yeah, that's right, man. The crooners, man, they they did it. That was, <laughs> <it> was <laughs> for sure. So shout out to Jay Hayes, man, for because I had no idea who they were, and like I told you, I said I don't even know if I should send this to TD because I was just laughing, I was cracking up. Hey man, hey, 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 you you was chuckling at that one. You was like, man, what? These lyrics, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, man, appreciate it. We done crammed in a whole bunch of fun tonight and, and got it in on a Tuesday. Tuesday, Tucky doing that thing. Cats at Georgia tomorrow. Yes. I don't know if we, you know, and, and be more the same or what? We, we don't know, man. It's you got to take it one game at a time. Yeah, that's it. So, we'll, we'll be along for the ride. It's it's bumpy this year, but we, we I don't know. We the, the SEC tournament might be this team's only hope of, of trying to you know put together a win streak. To win. You know what? It's funny you say that too because it's one of the few years where we got to win the whole tournament. You know, and yeah. when can we say the last time a Kentucky team had to win the tournament in order to get in? Like usually it's like okay, Auburn got to got to win the tournament. Tennessee got to win the tournament. Alabama got to Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Everybody except Kentucky. So it's going to be interesting to see when this season ends what next year looks like for us, like who returns, who's coming. I'm very interested to see when our season ends who is going to leave and who is going who's going to be on the list of guys that's going to come because it's, it's going to be because it, it could be the same guys or some of the same the same cast of characters. Added with, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, if a, if a couple guys decide to declare, put their name in the draft. But uh, I'm interested to see what goes on next year. When, when that's actually, it'll be in the uh, in the fall. We'll see what happens then. That's it. So this was a fun one, y'all. Y'all go to Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, check us out. For my man Tony, name drop Delk. This is Vinny Hardy. Another episode of Believe in Kentucky, man. Yes, sir. Make it happen. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all tuning in.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.